Hello, this is Robert Rickover. I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Lincoln, uh, sorry, Omaha, Nebraska. And although I teach online these days, and my guest is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware, who also teaches online. And uh, Imogen's gonna talk today about on the general topic, how does self-compassion relate to the Alexander technique? So I think the first question, first two questions to ask you are first, what do you mean by self-compassion? And then what is the Alexander technique? Okay, well, we'll start with self-compassion because I think most people have an idea of it and they probably think in very simple terms that it's, um, you know, just being kind to yourself, looking after yourself, and that's great. Um, but I've been reading the work of um, Kristen Neff, who you might say is a self-compassion expert. Uh, she's a professor at University of Texas, Austin, I think. I'm, I'm not sure, uh, don't have the book right by me. Um, but she had written a work of several years ago that was simply called self-compassion but and I, which I read and enjoyed a lot and recently um, I've been reading her latest book which is called Fierce Self-Compassion. There's a nice subtitle um, which I don't have um, at my fingertips right now but she really defines self-compassion through research as having three key elements mm -hmm. and those elements are kindness so that's the kind of self-kindness um, mindfulness mm -hmm. and common humanity, recognizing, you know, you're human and part of the human, you know, whatever's going on is, is not unique to you. Everybody experiences, um, you know, mistakes, problems, pains, everyone experiences suffering in some way. And it's, we have that in common with the rest of humankind. And so these three elements are, um, are what together become self-compassion. Okay, and I can, I'm sort of guessing that the mindfulness part maybe is somewhat a lead into. Well, I think Alexander that's Texas. the main element, although I can see how all three tie in. Um, but I think, yes, the mindfulness piece is the maybe the key place that Alexander Technique um, can relate. So just very brief definition of Alexander Technique is that it's a way of moving and being in the world with more ease, more ease in your body and in your mind. So. Right, and your whole in, self. In order to actually uh, use the technique, you you kind of have to have some mindfulness. You do indeed. Like a prerequisite, um, so, I would say. Yes. Yeah, so the yeah. mindfulness piece is necessary because without awareness of what's going on, you can't bring yourself the kindness or the care or the actions that are needed to look after yourself um if you're not even aware of them right so um, um well, you could be a very kind person by nature 
I'm just speculating here, but you could be a kind person, but if someone shows up, a friend of yours shows up with a really serious problem, you may not, you may not know how to react to that. You may be sort of in a, well, that, that's just true not, too. And everything that we say about self-compassion really is true for compassion, but we're very much more oh, I see, ori yeah. oriented on, um, especially um, the book that um, Kristen Neff just wrote was especially uh, targeted at women and using the power of self-compassion. Because I think women especially are... Um, um, tend to just really take care of everyone and everything else much more than taking care of their own needs. I think it's um, culturally society, the patriarchy, right. <laughs> all of that, you know. Um, right. You yeah. know, and there's probably some, you know, um, biological reasons as well, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, that's great, but not at the expense of your own um, well-being. And Alexander Technique is a super way of taking care of your own well-being in lots of ways mm -hmm. and um, um, gives us this tool to even take care of ourselves kind of in the moment. We've talked in previous podcasts about, um, you know, how we can pause and how we can deliver uh, specific thoughts that help us um, improve um, how we're um, experiencing our own function of our body, how we move, how um, how much excess tension or not we have in our body, you know, um, and right. stuff like that. And that could be seen as um, definitely an act of self-care. And I think self-care and self-compassion go hand in hand. And yet my experience as a teacher of the Alexander Technique and my experience myself when I first sought Alexander Technique, it was only when things got really bad that I went oh, really? for help. So you didn't see it as something for just everyday use? I didn't, once I um, learned the Alexander Technique. Oh, okay, yeah. Then I saw it as something for, for everyday use to enjoy, yes, it's preventative, but it also <laughs> helps me enjoy being in my body and doing the things I do. And it helps me be aware of when I'm getting tired and might need to take a little break before I get to the stage of being really exhausted, perhaps. You know, mm -hmm. it gives us more awareness. Um, but before I had any Alexander experience, you know, I, had to, I was in really severe pain with my neck and was starting to try all sorts of things, but it got to the stage of, of feeling quite desperate to start seeking help for me you know mm -hmm. I was a young mother at the time and right. you know my focus was <laughs> on looking after my child um, predominantly right. Right. but but it was 
interfering with my ability to look after my child. So at that point, you know. Right. Yeah. So the other thing, though, that's interesting, I mean, you, you point out that women tend to perhaps <clears throat> be less quick to exercise self-compassion because yeah. they, they're being compassionate to everyone around them. But and and it might seem like to, to look after yourself would sort of take you away from that external compassion. Mm -hmm. But really, if it doesn't, it, that's not the case at all, because it doesn't, it's something that you can use as you're doing or thinking or saying anything to anybody. You can also have a, a little subtle, soft thought that you can deliver to yourself. And it really only needs to be the softest of thoughts. We've just got through an interview talking mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. that. Um, so it, it enables you to have to, to, to exercise some self-compassion without in any way sacrificing the the external compassions, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and more that's so actually a really interesting way. I hadn't quite thought of it like that, but I think you're exactly right. I, I do have a nice quote here from Kristen Neff, because I think people can equate self-compassion or self-care as being selfish. Selfish, yeah. Right. Yes. Which it definitely um, is not. Not. And so she writes, we aren't self, when, we, when we're practicing self-compassion, she writes, we aren't selfish but we don't subordinate our needs either. We respect everyone's desires, including our own. And I think that's really helpful. I also think kind of in my own example that I just shared that I had to look after myself to be able to look after my son adequately in, you know, take care of family life at that right. time I was a, as a young mother um that you know um um so I would add to that though you 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 need to you you needed to figure out a way to look after yourself and the Alexander technique is certainly an excellent way to do that yeah but when you do that you are also helping everyone around you even with no intention yeah. on your part to yeah because well at the most basic level you have a small child you're holding the small child in your lap or your arms or whatever right mm -hmm. so you, there's physical contact and alexander technique is it's pretty pretty obvious in the alexander technique that how you're um using yourself is going to have a huge impact on someone that you're in close contact with yes it will uh, change the yeah. the way that your touch the That's way you're holding your child will be received will, right. will, it, will it feel more spacious and nurturing and and um enc encouraging whatever it is that or will it be tense and anxious and um and we are communicating non-verbally all the time um right. so if we're 
using Alexander to take care of ourselves in the moment, those, like you say, those even nonverbal signals that if you're in, you know, even across the internet, <laughs> right? Well, certainly doesn't require, you know? touch is, is, is great, but it doesn't require that. No. So someone in the same room or on the same Zoom on, on the same screen. Same screen. If I'm like this, I'm, I'm sure that like feels it. quite different to if I'm <laughs> taking care of myself. Yeah. But there's also ways to be with yourself when you are feeling angry and upset that are not repressing those feelings, but um, maybe helping you have a little bit more space between them I think Alexander's a really great tool to help us be more in that observer role of ourselves mm -hmm. and um, uh, the mindfulness piece of self-compassion is that we need to be able to be aware of when we are suffering and that then we also have the tools to be able to meet that with um, you know kindness tenderness or in a more motivating way, you might need to act in a ways that are to stand up for yourself, to protect, to provide. Um, um, so I think that's an interesting aspect. This is in her new work um, because it's not s simply, which is, isn't necessarily simple, to be more accepting of ourselves as we are. I, I actually also think Alexander's great for helping us learn to embrace um, mistakes and not being perfect as part of the process and, um, and, um, and actually getting to enjoy, like enjoy them um, and that, you know, usually people are not very good at, uh, at um, being accepting of when they make a mistake. <laughs> um, so there's right. that and aspect of it too. Well, I, I would say using the Alexander technique is, is a bit of an exercise in experimentation. And yes. with an exper any true experiment, there can then, be no mistakes. Exactly. You're, oh, let's let's do this and see what happens, and do this and see what happens. So, the the, the idea of making a mistake kind of fades away. Yeah, and I think you can then start to relate that to other aspects of your life, um, right? Which right. is which is helpful. Yeah. Um, and I do think in Alexander that it relates to the mistakes, having this very kind of accepting and not non-judgmental attitude towards yourself is helpful. Um, in one of our previous interviews, we were talking about how we, we aim to, to deliver a thought and not try and make anything happen from, from doing that. It's called either directing or constructive thinking. Um, right. That's part of the Alexander Technique process. Right. Um, and it's very easy to not do that. It sounds simple. It's very easy to, to try and help or not have the result we want. And I think this learning to get out of our own way in this very gentle, non-judgmental accepting way, it's like, oh yeah, I did help a little bit then. Um, mm -hmm. uh, um, 
um, it, it, it relates to to this. Um, well, and I, yeah, yeah. I, to me, it. Um, I mean, I have. I tend maybe because I'm an old-fashioned male. I don't really <laughs> think about self-compassion a lot, but but um, but it seems to me that when I think about it, Alexander technique is definitely a form of self-help, self which could be morph into self-compassion. Yeah, I think just maybe one final thing to say is that a lot of our, a lot of us, um, our kind of internal dialogue with ourselves is not usually maybe so friendly. We tend to, in, you know, internally berate ourselves for doing something wrong. And we can be quite harsh and brutal in a way that we would never be to a friend, you know. And that's where the mindfulness can also come in that Alexander can provide beautifully because we not only are observers of our own physical self, we are observers of what's going on in our mind and that we can notice that we're, we're doing that. Mm -hmm. and we can make a different choice <laughs> and we can also meet that with not because then you can get in this cycle of then berating yourself for berating yourself you know right, um, right. um and um, is that a kind of a familiar thing to you oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so, yeah. yeah yeah well uh is there anything else you want to say on this topic um uh, well, just one thing more related to that in a dialogue is um, it's actually it's <laughs> I've I've lost my thought. I'm oh, sorry. And I'm going to meet you. and I'm going to meet that with self-compassion <laughs> um, and not beat myself up for that. But I do want to mention that I've got really, really interested in this whole topic and um, in this book, which I would highly recommend, Fisk, Self-Compassion by Kristin Neff. Um, she includes some um, physical gestures and ways to use um, uh, supportive or soothing touch, um, which have been really interesting to explore. And I'm doing a exploratory workshop online um on wednesday next that will be june 22nd um for anyone interested called embodying self-compassion where we'll actually go through some explorations in a more orderly fashion <laughs> so, hey, yeah 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 okay well um my guest today has been Imogen Ragon, an Alexander teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. And I, uh, I maybe Imogen, you could send me some text to go with the the uh, the video and the podcast that'll include mention mentioning of that book mm -hmm. and sure. uh, anything else you want to put in there. Um, so this, thank you so much for being on the show, I guess we could say today. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you.